Since I moved to Minnesota to cover the Vikings in 1990, the Minnesota Vikings have been expert or sometimes inexpert at uh, at staying at staying in headlines. Uh, when I first got to town, I remember Royce writing a, a story about the uh, the the triangle where all the Vikings crimes happen, where all the DUIs <laughs> happen. It feels like this franchise has made news, whether it tries to or not, every week of every year ever since. This actually. Let's be honest. It's a slow week. There's not much going on this week. We'll be talking about training camp soon. We'll have uh, the the Netflix quarterback documentary and Kirk Cousins to talk about here in the near future once that comes out. But there's not much going on. So let's just take a good hard look at the offense because offense is fun to talk about. Nobody play. Not many people play fantasy defensive football. Most people play fantasy offensive football. Uh, we all love watching the offense. We all love talking quarterbacks and running backs. So let's do that today here on the Viking Update Show with John Krasinski from the Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Room. Uh, John Krasinski, also known as the Undertaker for burying the New York Times uh, Sports Department. Uh, once great sports department doesn't even exist anymore because of John. Uh, thanks, John. We appreciate You're that. You're welcome. Um, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, and Star Bank and, and Aquarius Home Services. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Best way to listen to the show, if you like it, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is the easiest way to listen. Uh, you can always also go to talknorth.com and find other shows you like and subscribe to those as well. We also have the archives of our shows at talknorth.com. For today now, John, let's start off with the offense. And we, well, we will talk about Kirk Cousins, of course, most important player on the team. I am really fascinated by the departure of Dalvin Cook the elevation of Alexander Madison and the fact that we at least sense we're guessing, we don't really know, but we're guessing that there will be a little more of a running back rotation than there was in the past. First of all, do you think out and for each position group on the offense, we're going to talk about whether we think this group is going to be better or worse than last year's where they had a very productive offense. Wasn't great. They sometimes disappeared for quarters at a time, but they played well enough to win a lot of games. Do you think this running back group, has a chance to be as good or better than the running group that was led by Dalvin Cook last year? Um, I, I don't. Now, could they be more effective? Yeah, maybe. Um, in Just in terms of what Kevin O'Connell wants and how they, how they get things done um, and how this offense works, you know, with – together running back receiver tight ends all of that yeah that the, the the offense in general can be better i don't see how this running back group is better without dalvin cook because madison is a good player unless he unleashes and unveils some sort of home run hitting ability that we have not seen from him yet um in his significant time here um i, I just don't I don't see where you have that element of danger with this group. Now, maybe, maybe it's Ty Chandler. Maybe it's Wong will get some more touches and, 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 and we see that kickoff return ability turn, you know, translate to, to running back. But this, the, the, the play in and play out wondering if your running back is going to break one for 60 yards, I think is a, is a, an important element that Delvin cook brought to the roster. Maybe, Madison will be more efficient and maybe he won't have as many, you know, uh, carries for loss or things like that. But I want my running backs to be able to take it to the house, um, you know, at a moment's notice. And I just don't know that this group is going to have that in the same uh, volume or the same ability that uh, that Dal that they had when Dalvin Cook was was running the show. 
And that was the fascinating thing about Dalvin last year is he made, and I, I hate the word huge. I wish we banish it from the uh, sports lexicon because we've gotten a point now where somebody had a second inning single and some announcer will call it huge. Uh, not everything in sports is huge. I thought uh, his plays were incredibly large last year. His big plays won games. Uh, the, the screen against the Colts, the uh, the breakaway run against the Dolphins, the uh, catch against the the Commanders. There are a couple other really big plays that he made. Uh, the Bills game, he had a big play. Uh, and they, they just don't win some of those games if he doesn't make that big play. But on an every down basis, he just wasn't that efficient. 4.4 yards per carry. Uh, it was a career low. Um, you know, he had more carries than he had the previous year. And yet he, you know, he... he only had about the same number of yards, 1,173 yards. is just not that much in the 17-game season per game. So I – and listen, I, I will also admit this for context as we talk about this, this team going in. I tend to be a hopeless optimist about Vikings teams this time of year. I think I could see them – I could see Madison producing as many yards and as many touchdowns and as many first downs, I could see Wong will break, break in some big plays. Uh, I just don't know that you can replace the 50-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter, and that's what Dalvin did last year. Well, and here's here's the other thing that I do wonder, Jim. Um, you are I, – I totally agree with you in terms of maybe Madison is just from a sheer numbers accumulation point of view as productive or close to as productive as Dalvin Cook – was last season that I think that's that is possible um where I think it could be different is it's like a pitcher or it's like a cleanup hitter in baseball um are is the opposing pitcher pitching around him is he being careful with them is he you know it, it, is he giving him very little to hit and does that affect how the rest of the order is attacked that with Dalvin even though he wasn't really efficient at all last season um did he still put a thought in the back of the mind of a linebacker of a safety of a defensive coordinator that hey if we don't really keep our stuff together here we're gonna get burned by this dude and does that also then trickle down to how they uh defend the pass to how they defend play action all of those things in a way that they're not, I just don't imagine they're going to be as worried playing and play out about Madison, even if they are um, a little over aggressive or they miss a tackle is Madison going to be the one that turns a five yard gain into a 45 yard gain. Maybe he will be, um, maybe that is, that is possible, but I think he has to do that a few times to put that into the psyche of the defense that's playing him. Because right now I don't think that they're going to be, incredibly worried about that i think that dalvin cook has the explosiveness and the speed to at least demand a little of respect from the defensive staff and from the defensive players that might lead to them being just a a hair slow to react to a pass play to a to a to a play action something like that and that could open things up for the rest of the offense in a way that i just don't know that madison's going to be able to do I think the other, and all that is true. I think the other factor that will be harder to discern, but might be just as important to this offense, which is a passing offense, is, you know, listen, I don't break down a ton of film, but the people I trust 
tell me that Alexander Madison is a much better pass blocker than Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that could and help. If, and if one Madison block leads to a 30-yard pass to Justin Jefferson, then that's, that's where you get your explosive plays. Yeah, entirely possible. That, I think that's fair. Um, I do also want to see... I want to see more. I just want to see more of Madison. I want to see what does he look like in the past game? Cause I think Dalvin cook's a pretty good receiver. Like maybe Madison is as well. And we just haven't, haven't been able to see it as much um, as we did with Dalvin. So I, it, it, in the large picture, in the big picture, like what I really want to see this preseason while well, probably more so early regular season is I want to get more familiar with Alexander Madison and like the, the ceiling that he has, because I just don't think in the role that he's had with the Vikings um, and in the limited amount of touches that he's gotten, that we do have a good, uh, a real good feel for that. Maybe, maybe it is going to come out and, and he is going to have with the pass blocking, maybe he'll be a really effective in the screen game. Um, maybe he'll just be a good, really steady, really reliable runner as well. And you'll, and we'll take a look back at this, in December and say, um, my concerns were, were nullified, but I just don't know enough about Alexander Madison, in a featured number one role to, to say that yet with real confidence. Yeah. And, and I will be honest, uh, in the past, and this happened with Robert Smith and Leroy Horde. It happens all the time. People love backups because they see a flash of potential and they project, um, there were plenty of times the last few years where people told me that Madison was about as good as Cook, and I said, you're crazy. Uh, Cook is a cut above. So I'm not saying Madison is as good as Dalvin Cook. Mm -hmm. I just think that the way this offense functions, I think that you can get enough out of Madison in that group uh, that compared to what was kind of a down year for, for Cook overall last year, I think you can replicate what he brought to you other than what you mentioned, which is the fear of the big play. Yep, I think that's that's all fair. Um, I I do think that's that's absolutely the case. But yeah, I, it, to me, I'm in. Okay, show me. Like I want to see it before I say that you were really, you know, after saying goodbye to one of the very mo most productive backs this team has ever had, that it's going to be better. And so we'll have to just. I just want to see it first. Uh, we're gonna get to some of the other fun position groups here after the break. But before the break, let's go to the offensive line. Um, this is the first time in a long time they've had excellent bookend tackles. Uh, does that elevate the whole group in your eyes? I've seen I've seen some Vikings analysts say this is a great offensive line, and of course, uh, think the average fan lives in fear that the offensive line will destroy the entire team. Where are you with this group right now? Yeah, I mean, I do think that you you take a lot of confidence from Christian Darrison and Brian O'Neill being together again, like they. they the steps that Derrissaw took last year, uh, the emergence of him as just a a guy who was able to maul opponents and and manhandle them at times, um, and you kind of do assume that both of them will continue to be either really really good or or get even better. I think that's fair. I think they're both a cut above the the normal. Um, offensive linemen and so you can kind of assume that they are going to put that work in that they're going to come in ready um and you're you can really rely on them and that's that's obviously the most important thing to start i also thought um you know that that garrett bradbury had a really good bounce back season from from a player who you thought man this you can't rely on him at all like this is not 
working to a quality center. Um, and, and I think when you add that sort of um, improvement, for, so now you have an improved center and you have good to elite, great to elite tackles, that's, that's a pretty good starting group. Then the, the, guard, the guard stuff I think is still going to be addressed and have to be sifted through and um does that ingram you know improve you know what what what's going on with ezra cleveland like they, the, what what they're going to do uh in those spots and and can they avoid being just complete turnstiles especially in end ingram's case um that's going to be a key to the thing but to have reliability and 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 really um high-end reliability at the tackles and then at center i think is is a is a big step forward for for this group that has been really a um held it's it's held the team back in the past. Yeah, we talk a lot about Quezzi's first uh draft and what he did moving around in the first couple of rounds, but I always I always thought the Ingram pick was the most questionable. Uh someone with you know with some red flags in his past. Um and somebody they really needed to be good right away. And he, I just don't know that he has justified that pick yet. And, and he kind of needs to. They just don't have any, many other options there. Yeah, it's really thin at the guard position. I know they have some swing guys who can kind of play multiple positions. But to me, like, when you look at the offensive line, um, generally you're, you're, you're much better off when you have – guys who step into their positions who play them like all full time if you have a guy who's a guard and tackle or a center to a center guard type of guys usually they're they're just a little bit below what you're hoping to get um from from your main guys and so i i think that when you look at what ed ingram is as a physical specimen you could say hey that guy should really be able to hold up well he's strong he's kind of like He's got this, you know, th- this this really imposing um, physical presence about him. But there were so many times last year that we saw a, an opposing defensive lineman in the backfield making a tackle, making a sack, and it was uh, Ed Ingram trying to chase him from from behind. So um, they need him to really develop and graduate in a in a in a major way. Because you're right, Jim. Like if it if he doesn't work out. Who is it that they go to and what's going to be the solution? Um, and that's, that's going to be the thing. They're very, they're, they are, that's one of the thinner position groups. There's like, I think there's like three guards that are, that are jet, you know, listed as guards on their, on their depth chart. And that we have, they have a bunch of centers. They have a bunch of tackles. They have some swing guys who can play multiple positions, but just guards, it's Ingram, Cleveland, and and Josh Sokol, and like, um, so they they need more. They need these guys to be ready to go and to p- perform at a high level. All right, let's get to the other position groups. We do want to thank Aquarius Home Services Studios. Uh, excuse me, <clears throat> we want to thank Aquarius Home Services. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Here's more on Aquarius Home Services. Sky 
Scott here for Aquarius Home Services. Fantastic news. We're having a Kinetico Midsummer Mega Sale. Ready for worry-free water, spotless dishes, and softer clothes? Ready for purified drinking water and removing contaminants like lead and those forever chemicals you hear about on the news? Now through August 12th, Aquarius is taking 25% off Kinetico whole home water treatment systems. And as your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, it all starts with a free water analysis. Schedule today at KineticoMN.com. I want to thank longtime sponsors, TSR Injury Law. They also sponsor the John Krasinski Show, which is our Timberwolf show on the network. And it's very simple. 612-TSR-TIME. If you are injured, call them. They will help you. If they can't help you, they'll point you in the right direction. If they do help you, they won't charge you unless they win your case. And they win a lot of cases. That's why you see billboards everywhere. They're doing so well because they help people. 612-TSR-TIME. Also want to let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services, you got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. All right, let's let's group the tight ends and receivers because I think Hawkinson is primarily you know seen as a receiver. Although it sounds like they really think they're going to get a lot of out of Oliver as well. It sounds like he's they, he, they think he's a much better uh, receiver than he was used as in the past. Uh, as a group. Do you think this group is better, going to be better or worse than last year's, which relied heavily on Adam Thielen? Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be better, Jim. Um, at, you know, as much as I really like and respect Thielen, um, it was looking like it was time uh, to, to kind of move forward. And whether it was him retiring or going somewhere else, again, he's going to Carolina. Um, I, I just think that they need some a little more juice, and they got it with Jordan Addison. Um, so you have Addison, you have... Uh, Jefferson, you have KJ Osborne, who I think is really good. I'm, I'm excited to see what Jalen Naylor does um, this this year as well and see if he takes another step to be a factor as another receiver to look at. Um, and then, then you go down into the tight ends, and it's an interesting group. I mean, Hawkinson obviously is a high-level receiver. You have Oliver. Johnny Munt was used in, in certain situations. So they have some they have some versatility with that position as well and being able to you know, put him on the line of scrimmage, being able to put him into the slot, things like that. So um, I, I think that there's a lot of different things that you can do with this tight end and receiver group that maybe is, it's not as limited as it was last season. I thought last season was, was good, but um, to have the number of weapons in the passing game around Justin Jefferson, I think is just so important to make life a little bit easier on him and really do exploit the mismatches that he can create. So I think from top to bottom receiver to tight end one through three or four in both uh, on the depth chart on both of those areas, I think they, that the Vikings have improved and improved in a pretty significant fashion um, over last season. I agree. And I think, I think, that maybe an effect of not having Dalvin Cook is they don't feel obligated to give their running back carries. Um, I just think that O'Connell's strength is just like McVay's strength. It's getting receivers, it's getting talented receivers open. And I think that is going to be the entire thrust of the offense this year. And I could see this group being markedly better than last year's. And last year's was pretty good. Uh, let's go to the quarterback. 
Kirk Cousins finally getting to work with the same coordinator and head coach two years in a row. They add Addison. They add Oliver. They get Hawkinson for a full season. He has a great rapport with Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne. Uh, I'll just I'll go first. I think, you know, listen, Cousins was, had a very good statistical year last year. Uh, I could see him being even more efficient this year. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's fully in his prime. I think he has a very good understanding of the offense and what needs to happen. And you hit the nail on the head, Jim. I think he has trust in his main targets. Um, there have been times in the past, you know, while he was in purple, that I don't know that he had the same amount of trust. And I think I wrote about it a couple of times last season that, one thing that receivers have wanted from Kirk Cousins over the years is for him to trust them. Just, you know, even if it looks like they are covered, give them a chance and they can come down with a ball. And Cousins' ability to make all of the throws, to get those deep outs, to to throw it um, into traffic and put it uh, in a in a in a spot where the, his receiver has a chance to get it, um, it's really a high level. And and so when you when you combine that with the trust in throwing it up to Hawkinson and throwing it up to Jefferson and letting those guys try to make a play. I do think that it all kind of com- comes together to make it possible that Kirk cousins could have his very best season. And he has had some very good seasons. This is not, you know, a, a, a low bar to jump over. And, and so there may have, there may be frustration at times, among the fan base or, you know, in the NFL in general about, you know, his ability to win the big one or whatever it is. Um, but from a combination of physical skill set and and the weapons available to him, this is about as good of a chance as he's had to really do some damage. And I think that um, he's coming in in a contract year, essentially. He's going to be a, really motivated and um, I think that all could be mean very big things for this offense. Agreed. Um, Cousins is such a fascinating guy uh, and, and such a fascinating topic uh, for people in our business. Because there, there's so many different ways you can go with him. There are so many different ways you can form an opinion on him. Uh, it, I do feel like in the last year or so, he has been a different guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's and, and maybe, you know, maybe it's as simple as this. He and Mike Zimmer did not like each other. And yep. I think Zimmer hated Cousins more than Cousins hated Zimmer. I think it's really hard to play for somebody who doesn't like you. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It, it Well, yeah, it's hard to do that. But then it's har- also even harder when it's quite clear, like every single day, you know, there there, there can be cold wars within a locker room within a coaching staff and a and a player situation where they kind of just grumble through it and and maybe they're not bosom buddies maybe they're not eating lunch together and and everyone kind of knows that hey these guys eh, they don't get along too well or they're just not on the same page but that wasn't what the cousin zimmer thing was the Zum- cousin zimmer thing was a hot war like it was it was out there and in the in, you know in the public um everyone knew about it and I do think that one of the things that was really beneficial last season and one of the reasons that Kirk Cousins had the season that he did is that he had a head coach 
that was very outwardly supportive of him. And there are players uh, in the league, uh, you know, in any sport that just don't care. They don't need that. They don't need that validation. They don't need all, all, you know, all of that kind of gestures out there. I think Cousins is a guy who needs that. I think he needs to know that he has the faith of the people above him. And, um, and I don't think that he felt that way ever with Mike Zimmer. And I think all of the turnover at offensive coordinator certainly contributed to that feeling, but just then the, the, you know, the, the grumbling and post press conferences and things like that. I just, I, I don't think that he ever felt that way. And so the more support that he felt last season from Kevin O'Connell and from this group, the more emboldened he was and empowered that he was to, to have his best season. And so that the good news for the Vikings is that is staying the same and to have that continuity from year one to year two of this quarterback coach relationship and just the way that Kevin O'Connell goes about his business. I do think that it means a lot to Kirk cousins. Um, I think he needs that and he is responding to it in kind because of it. And they're also the Vikings are also playing the carrot and stick game pretty well. Uh, yeah. O'Connell, O'Connell and his staff have a good working relationship with the Cousins, and Quezzy's has no interest in just rewarding with a huge contract that he wants. So they have they they're treating him well on a daily basis. And they're also reserving the right to absolutely get rid of him if things don't work out. Uh, you know, in this next year. Right, and and I think like part of that too, Jim, is reading the room as well because they have seen or not like with the Vikings, but we, you have, we have seen Kirk cousins in the past manipulate the contract game to his favor and play well in those circumstances uh, when he needs to really play well. Um, there might be other players who would just get incredibly offended and, and you'd lose them with, with this kind of approach. And so you have to be able to decide when you can do that and when you can't. And with this particular quarterback, I think that there is a bet being made that Kirk cousins will look at this situation and say, Hey, I've been here before, you know, it might even be, you know, screw these guys. I'm going to show them and, and we're going to have a great year. And then you're, you, you think you're, um, you, you're going to pay me. Well, you're, you're going to have to pay me. Um, and, and then when they get into those negotiations, there will be no, um, you know, hometown discount or anything like that. And, and he will use that to his advantage right now. He's at a slight disadvantage in the leverage game, maybe, but he knows that he can really turn it into being a major advantage for him in the leverage game. If he comes and has an, a, an incredibly good season. And so Quezzy, Quezzy and, um, and Kevin both have know that he has that in him and that he can go and approach it this way without just moping and pouting about things. And, and, um, and so I think it's a safe bet that they're making that way. And, um, and I think it could really contribute to a major season. Now, if he has a season where he leads them to a bunch of wins and he is in the MVP conversation or things like that, um, and, you know, and then they get to negotiating time. I can guarantee you he's going to make them pay for it, but that's okay. The Vikings can do that and just say, yes, if you completely earn this contract, we will pay you what marquee quarterbacks get paid. But when you get into trouble, 
in this business is when you pay too soon and overpay someone. And, um, and so I think they're just trying to avoid that. So it's, it's a calculated move, knowing the quarterback, knowing the person and how they're going to handle it. And I think that they believe that that cousins is going to do it the right way. Thanks to Brandon Morton. Thanks to Aquarius home services. Thanks to TSR injury law and star bank. Thanks. Thanks to you for listening. We do appreciate it. Check out John Krasinski show on the Timberwolves on this network, as well as all of our other sports variety and outdoor content next week we'll get into the defense and uh one of these weeks depending on when it comes out and uh, when we get a chance to watch it we'll talk about the the netflix quarterback documentary